Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Angular. This week on our panel, we have Alyssa Nichol. Hello, hello. Glad to be here. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv, and this week we have a special guest, and that is Mike Hardington. Mike. Hi, everyone. How's it going? This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Now, just remind people who you are. So my Twitter profile says I'm a DevRel at Ionic. I like to think that... Well, then it that, must be true on tw- if it's on Twitter. If it's on the internet, it's true. I like to think that uh, I'm a little bit behind the scenes kind of guy. So, But yeah, no, I work at Ionic. I uh, do a lot of speaking, a lot of working on the framework. Um, you probably have seen my face and my beard online every now and then. I'm over the place. Yeah, you inspired me, by the way, with your picture on Twitter. I bought some of those beard ornaments <laughs> over Christmas. I, I shaved since and it's been growing back in. So yeah, I had this big, long beard. And anyway, they were a hit. So uh, thank you for that. If between you, me, Sam Julian, and Mike Ryan, we all had our little beard ornaments then. Nice. I should have taken a picture, but I didn't. I'll save Always it. next year. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, when I want to talk about Ionic, you're usually the person I reach out to. We've, we've had, I think we've had Max on one of the shows at some point, but you're usually the one I, I wind up talking to. So uh, do you want to just give people a quick rundown on what Ionic is? I don't know that we're going to dive into how to use it so much. It's just what's new and what's out there for Angular developers. Sure. Ionic is a toolkit and UI setup for building awesome apps that run on iOS, Android, the web natively with desk, on the desktop with Electron that is focused on creating good material design components, iOS components for the iOS folks out there. We uh, recently have been tied to you know just Angular components, but with uh, recent updates, we are now typical web components. So you can work with Ionic in Angular uh, when it makes sense. You can work with Ionic without Angular when you know, that makes sense. So we try to we try to hit every single point and cover all of our bases. Nice. Now, just to clarify, you said recent updates before the show. You mentioned that you just released uh, version four, and I know that's been coming for a while. So, yay! And Woo! what's I mean, up with just version released four? like three hours ago, right? <laughs> yeah, like three hours ago. There we go. Of course, you know it takes us a couple days to get these out, so it'll be old <laughs> news for our listeners. But yeah. What's new in it in Ionic 4? Is is it just sort of framework agnostic kind of approach or is there more to it? Oh, there's a lot more to it. So like kind of set the stage, like we love Angular and we love everything that you get with Angular as a you know framework. But we realize that there are use cases where having a full framework doesn't necessarily make sense. And I mean, like Angular themselves have 
thought about this and gone down this road with their approach of angular elements. And so we wanted to make sure that we could decouple ourselves from any framework, ship the components as you know, web, JavaScript web components, their lowest kind of common denominator, and then provide wrappings around different frameworks for Angular or for you know, any of the other popular frameworks that are out there these days. So we spent like a year or so kind of research and working on this to get everything ready and solving a whole lot of issues that, that snuck in there every now and then. Uh, but we also made a big effort to double down on the framework specific like platform and tooling. So if you're like an Angular developer, you'll have familiarity with the Angular CLI. For 4.0, we shipped our own tooling and our own kind of CLI and our own build scripts, which didn't really match uh, the Angular CLI on like a feature parity. So like we've gone through the effort of making sure that we're using Angular CLI, we're using you know, the latest versions of Angular, when new things come out like Ivy and Bazel, we'll be able to adopt those without having to rewrite our entire infrastructure. Uh, so we made sure that like everyone has all of these features that they're familiar with from the frameworks, but we've removed ourselves basically from all the other obstacles. That way we can focus on what we know, and that's building good UI. Well, and then I don't have to figure out what you're thinking and what the Angular team's thinking. Right. That's been something that we've had to do. I was like, okay, well, now we got to get on calls with the Angular teams. Like, hey, what are you guys working on? And uh, what's coming up for the next year? And how can we make sure that we are we, we keep up more or less? Now we don't have to worry about that. Alyssa, have you done much with Ionic? I have not, no. I, I hear amazing things about them. And I actually, I was recently helping to judge, judge, I don't know if that's the right word, choose talks for NGCon. And it just kept coming up uh, in the room about how excited everyone was about the latest release in Ionic. And so I just heard nothing but good things. Um, as you know, I'm on the progress side of things, which I don't really know. Is Ionic like the same thing kind of as native script or are they totally different? Can you clarify that for me? Yeah, I mean, so the way we look at it is our kind of place where we like to be is on the web side of things. So Ionic, when even though if you're deploying to iOS or Android, uh, you might get a native app, but everything's still rendered in the browser. Um, still rendered in as HTML, divs, CSS, whatever you're used to. We find that that's the best bet forward. The web's always getting better and always improving. And it's kind of the, the future-friendly bet of web technologies are just going to keep on getting better. And you can have all this great experience of, I don't have to learn a different version of CSS, or I don't have to learn you know, one way of doing things. Like If I can do it in HTML and CSS and JavaScript, I should be able to do this in an Ionic app or, or uh, on iOS or on Android. Right. And native script works across the JavaScript bridge to either V8 or JavaScript core. And I think Apple actually announced a new JavaScript engine that they're starting to weave in. But yeah, so, so the difference is, is that native script will build a native UI and a lot of the interactions will then cross that JavaScript bridge so that your logic runs in JavaScript. Whereas with Ionic, it's, it's a web view with web technology behind it. Right. Oh, I have a question about it. Do you have, like, since I'm assuming as a DevRel, you're going around to talk to a bunch of different people, not just Angular people. Is there a most popular like framework or group of people using Ionic or not really? Is it pretty evenly spread? Um, well, given our history of like being an Angular or Angular only framework, 
a lot of our users and our use case, uh, like user base are Angular developers. Either you know they have learned Angular from using Ionic or they have been part of an Angular shop since day one. So most of it is Angular uh, developers, but we're, we're seeing a nice uptick in people from the Vue ecosystem or other JavaScript ecosystems all over. So we're we're seeing a lot of growth everywhere, but you know a lot of our a lot of our love still uh, exists in the Angular world. Yeah, I'll tell you when we had you on views on Vue, that made a splash. A lot of people <laughs> were excited about that. I mean, just because it's an option for the paradigm that people are working in, and that that's a big deal for a lot of folks. Oh, I don't have to go learn Angular to do my mobile app and Vue to do my web app, or React, or whatever. Right. I can do it all in one place. A lot of the logic and other things that I'm putting into my web app, I can also then port over one way or the other to my mobile app or my desktop app. Yeah, and you know, it kind of just fits with our goals of devs shouldn't have to like jump through hoops to you know ship a product, whether it be a website, a progressive web app, a native app. They should just be able to use a particular technology. Uh, whatever tools that they are comfortable with. And if they want, like, you know, some some decent looking UI, uh, Ionic is an option. Yep. Now, you also mentioned Electron, and I'm kind of curious. So can I just use the same code base and build to both places? Or do I have to jump through some hoops, as you put it? So uh, Electron's like a new area for us that we've been looking into. Um, and traditionally, the tools that we've used have not focused on Electron, that being Apache Cordova or PhoneGap, if you've heard of it right. before. So meanwhile, like while we're building v4, we're also building another option for that native compiler called Capacitor, which solves a lot of technical issues in Cordova, but also introduces new ideas of how to build for iOS, Android, and Electron. So in Electron land, like you'd get the same API for, say, accessing the file system. And that would work with Electron's API. Uh, it would work with iOS and Android's API. And you know, there's a web implementation, too, that works, unfortunately, only in Chrome. But you can get all those different platforms kind of using the same API. And it would talk to the correct code behind the scenes for you. So Electron, is, it's, it's an interesting, different world because... There's a lot of little quirks here and there, but we're trying to figure out the best way to make that a pleasant experience. Yeah, I mean, the appeal is is that I have one code base and I can deploy everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I get that there's going to be a little bit of growing pains, I guess, as you kind of figure out what the differences are between those and how to make them disappear as much as you can. Well, it's, it's, it's just really interesting to see, like, on Electron, like, you could still create your full-blown, like, SQL... SQLite database mm-hmm. and have that locally on the machine. But we had WebSQL, but that's been deprecated. The best we have is IndexedDB. And how do you paint across the differences between each one of them? And right. you know, I think we do a decent job uh, handling those situations and just giving you like, you have a get and then you have a set and then you have like some simple methods to get all the different keys and all the different values and just using like that key value store uh, model as like a common ground or as a intermediate step in between each of them. Yep. So I have a theming question. If you guys think we're ready to move on to more UI topics. I I work a lot with Kendo UI as their advocate and we have like um, options for 
bootstrap and material as well as our default theme. And then of course you can customize those. How does Ionic compare and, and can you customize the theme? So we ship with two themes kind of out of the box. So you'll, if you're on iOS, you can get an iOS look and feel. So if you're, your users will feel right at home for that. Uh, and then for everything else, we default to a material design because it seems to be the, the go-to theme that everyone seems to use. Where And if you want like something custom or if you want to tweak it to fit your own branding needs, we have everything exposed through a pretty awesome technology called CSS variables. So instead Woo. of... Yeah, right? <laughs> So instead of like having to use uh, SAS or like have a build step involved to just change some colors at a global level, uh, CSS variables can come in and just redefine uh, define a value and then redefine that either at a component level or at a global kind of root level. And it runs just natively in the browser. Like Safari, Chrome, Edge, Firefox, they all support this. I think IE11 is the only one that doesn't support it and... It's IE11. It doesn't. <laughs> As my husband likes to say, um, I support Chrome. <laughs> exactly. I'm, like, I'm like, you can't just say that. He's like, oh, I can. I can. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> yep. I seem to remember you all announcing, uh, I'm trying to remember what it was, but uh, there was an update to like the UI builder or something for Ionic as well a few months ago or something like that. Yeah, we. Um, Am I misremembering that or? No, 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 no. We're uh, we're actually working on a pretty awesome tool called Studio. So, like, some history is like our company started off as like a drag and drop interface builder. We made yep. interface builder for Bootstrap for jQuery Mobile. Shout out to those who remember jQuery Mobile. <laughs> um, I don't want to remember jQuery Mobile. <laughs> it haunts me still. Um, <laughs> So like we I remember a, going to the jQuery mobile site and you know so you, you saw you select all the options and all the colors and then you download it. So if you went to the jQuery mobile site, you like you saw our first product of Codica, and that was like you build out your entire app in a drag and drop way and it would give you some HTML. Well, like as we got better at that, we made it specifically for Ionic and we called it Creator. Uh, but then we kind of found yes. the limitation that like Creator is good if you only want to make the HTML and then export it out, and then you never want to go back into Creator. Um, even uh-huh. if like you put in some JavaScript editing capabilities, it just it's not really uh, something that you want to keep going back to. So we ended up looking at a couple different options, and we we built this tool called Studio, where you can not only do the drag and drop interface builder, but you get like a full blown editor full TypeScript support, SAS, HTML editing. You have like a full IDE more or less. And then we've geared it, all the features and tools around it to fit an Ionic workflow. So it'll update NPM packages. It'll update Cordova or uh, Cordova or Capacitor plugins. It'll maintain all your different launch icons and launch screens, any different assets. So you can have all of this kind of Ionic tailored development environment right on your device and integrate with all of our services uh, through the through the interface. So Makes you sense. said you're currently working on it or is it, because I'm looking at that, like at the, the site for Ionic Studio, it looks like it's ready. Is it not ready to go? I'm confused. So the fun part of product development, we're, we're talking with people right now who are trying it out and using it and we have a small kind of user base 
And we're trying to focus a lot on the enterprise at the moment because they tend to have some good insight into what developer tools should do. And if something is worth going down uh, you know, a certain route for, for an, a feature. So we're working with some enterprise uh, folks that uh, we have and shipping enterprise-only versions of it. But then we'll come back and once we have those features kind of stabilized, create a community edition. So, you know, any developer could download a version of Studio, have that on their desktop and get access to all their uh, Ionic services and then also code their app and have all the nice features that come with Studio. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, it turns out building a product is quite difficult. And uh, <laughs> it really helps that if you, well. in, it really yeah, right? helps if you have like some insight from, you know, friends and people that want to talk to you. Nice. So what's coming down the pipe now that we've got 4.0 out? I mean, what, what are we going to see, especially for the, the Angular community? My initial goals for post 4.0, now that it's out, is to uh, work on some of the Angular tooling. Mm-hmm. So we already have an ng add script. Uh, so if you're in an Angular project and you want to add Ionic, you can just do ng add at Ionic Angular, and you'll have that automatically available mm-hmm. for you. I think the next thing I want to do is maintain a schematic, like a update schematic, because that is such a killer feature from the Angular CLI and like all all those tools. I want to be able to just automate all that, not have to deal with okay, well, we have to update all these scripts. We have to update all these different packages. Just have that one script run and maintain all of that. And I think a lot of the features that we're going to look at next are kind of revolve around monorepos. Seems to be the, the, the new hotness that people want to use. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of feedback from folks who want to integrate a monorepo setup and then have NGG Ionic app or like generate a a uh, fresh Ionic app inside their monorepo and have that just work. So I think that's kind of those important features that I want to get down you know, in the immediate future. That's cool. Well, we, we also need to get you back on uh, uh, Views on View and get you on uh, React Roundup and talk about what this means for those communities. I mean, I, I know that people are doing things with, you know, Vue and NativeScript or um, with uh, React Native. But I love the idea of having options and then having people look at those options and make a decision and kind of forcing the competitors, for lack of a better word, but forcing the other options to really make life better for us, if that makes sense. I think look at it as like when there's more competition, the entire ecosystem just yes. keeps getting better and better. And otherwise, we'd all be stuck on jQuery mobile. Yep. Everybody, everybody pushes it a little bit. Hey. Hey, hey, hey! Are we are we dissing jQuery Mobile? <laughs> never, never. No, it it was it was terrific. You know, I owe my career to jQuery it. Mobile. <laughs> but we have we have other options today, and yeah, very cool. Well, uh, if people want to catch up with you, Mike, are you going to be at specific conferences or you know the yes. online? So yeah, immediately I'll be at UConf uh, in Florida down in after, yeah. around March. Yeah, yeah. I'll be excited for that. And then I'm most excited for is uh, NGConf, the big one in uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, I'll be up there on the main <laughs> stage. Really excited. I don't think you understand how excited I am. I cannot show it how excited I am. Otherwise, I would just be dancing all around. And, and that's because he's coming to Salt Lake City, which is where I live. And so he gets to see Chuck. That, that's why. 
Chuck. Get some Chuck time. That's right. Everybody wants a little bit of Chuck time. Very cool. Any any others that you're gonna make it to or I got a few conferences here and there. Uh a little bit smaller ones. That's the immediate future that I have uh right now. So I'd like to like to take it easy this year, but I say that every year and <laughs> I know as a dev advocate, I was like, I did, I said that at the beginning of this year and I, well, I eventually slowed down, but in the beginning I was, I was doing three to four conferences a month. So wow. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, um, I like my, my house and I like sleeping in my own bed. Oh my yep. gosh. Right. <laughs> Hotels are fun after the first, uh, for like one day and then day two is like, <laughs> This isn't fun anymore. Yeah, you're like, I miss my pillow. <laughs> yeah. What about like for people to reach you online other than Twitter? Is there anything that you're super active in right now? So I'm, uh, I do a lot on obviously Twitter, uh, Reddit these days. I'm also up on uh, for non-programmy stuff. If you want to see some furniture that I build, I'm up on Instagram nowadays. So Twitter's my main uh, social media hubs these days. I will hang out on there and troll people about different JavaScript stuff or just post pictures <laughs> of my cats. Yeah. And you said you build furniture. So like I saw behind you, like you have all these guitars and you build. So you play guitar and you you craft like actual. Do you have a saw? <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got a whole wood shop down in my basement. And I also so, build the guitars too. So you do not build your own guitars. I have built a couple of them myself. Not all of that them. That is but some so of them. cool. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so Mike's yeah, a real gonna... manly man. No, Jeez. no. Here, Mike, take my man card. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I just get very bored. So I need some distraction. You and I need to talk about time management because I need to know how you get so much done in life. <laughs> it's it's easy. I just have no social life or I don't uh-huh. sleep. So one <laughs> okay, or the other okay. is sacrificed between open source, <laughs> uh, woodworking and music. I have nothing else to do. I was going to say <laughs> I have no social life and it, yeah, but I, I have five kids. So yeah, reasons. I don't have that. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, is there anything else that we need to talk about with Ionic that we didn't cover? Uh, is there a good tutorial out there for people who want to get started with it? Yes. Um, so we we with the V4 upgrade and everything, we've recreated a whole new section of our docs, all focused on Angular and Ionic 4. And we've released a bunch of new uh, content online, all focused on getting you up and running. So if you you go on to this thing called YouTube, you can, you can search Ionic 4 Crash Course and you'll find a lovely video. It's only about 15 minutes, 15 minutes of your time and you'll, you'll leave that video knowing everything you need to know to get up and running with an Ionic Angular project and you'll still have enough time to go home and brag to your friends about it. Nice. Is that you on the video or somebody else? Oh, yes, it is me. So if you thought my voice was annoying in this call, you'll have 15 <laughs> minutes of me just teaching you all the fun things about Ionic 4. Need to create a complex enterprise Angular application? Angular Bootcamp is an intensive three-day workshop class to learn the basics of Angular through sophisticated techniques for real-world applications. 
We target Angular 6 and the recent versions with much of the curriculum is suitable back to Angular 2. Or go beyond the three-day class with a consultation or project launch with Oasis Digital, the team behind Angular Bootcamp. We can assist your team or launch your project with advanced Angular topics including scalability, data flow, state management, full-stack product design, and more. Contact us for a private class at your location or buy a ticket for public classes in various cities around the U.S. and occasionally in Europe. Online live instructor training is also available at angularbootcamp.com. Well, let's go ahead and do some picks. Alyssa, do you have some picks? Just one, and it's kind of like a pick-question. I just heard of it. It's called, um, I think it's kind of a social media site for developers only. It's called dev.2, like D-E-V dot T-O. Have you guys heard of it? Yeah, they've been around for a while. I've actually had a few people mention that they found some of the shows through dev.2. I feel so special because, yeah, I'm like, how long has this been around? So, yeah, it looks looks interesting. I just signed up, so I'm going to check it out today. But that's the only thing on my radar so far. But I did want to thank Mike for coming on the show. Oh, thank you, Alyssa. Awesome. I'm going to jump in with a few picks as well. Some folks might or might not be aware, just over the last few weeks, things have kind of been a little bit rocky um, with my health. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting over it all. I'm I'm, I'm okay. But yeah, I just kind of want to pick modern medicine because I don't know where I'd be without it, man. The other one is uh, just keeping perspective on things, you know, and uh, anyway, having that stuff in mind, you know, we talk a lot about time management and things like that and just winding up where you want to wind up and working for what you want. You know, I, I just encourage people to kind of take the reins of their life and, and go for it if, if there's something you want. So yeah, those are my picks. Mike, how about you? Kind of in a similar vein of just like taking control of like your life. Uh, if you have not seen the Netflix craze of hiding Marie Kondo, I think her name is. Uh, oh my goodness. I have been folding in my spare time all of my drawers in her way of folding this week. I can't believe you're making this pick right now. <laughs> I, I, I am not joking. I watched a couple episodes and my entire house now is so reorganized and not only do I feel good and like I accomplished something and I took control, like I took control over it. And it's like, I am, I'm calm. I'm not stressed out anymore about the mess that my house can be, but I donated so many things, like eight bags worth of like old clothes, conference t-shirts, uh, things that I just don't need in old books. No, it, it's always nice to donate things that you do not need and you, uh, you can help someone else out. Nice. And, and clearing the clutter really has been freeing. So I can't believe that you you did that recently too. That's awesome. <laughs> My wife's not allowed to watch that show because then I will be... Oh, I hold the clothes wrong anyway. Never mind. It is the best show and so awesome. Watch it. <laughs> My husband what happened to your drawer. desks, my wife, Tidy. <laughs> My husband opened his drawers and was like, oh my gosh, Alyssa. He's like, you're not allowed to watch this show anymore. <laughs> I went a little crazy, but I love it. Absolutely. Great pick, man. All right. Well, um, thanks for coming, Mike, and talking to us about Ionic. Uh, this is definitely one of those technologies I keep meaning to dive deeper on. I've, I've probably started like eight apps in Ionic. <laughs> now that I'll be in Salt Lake City, I'll... Uh... I'll have some chuck time and I'll get you uh, building an app in no time. It's going to duct tape me to a chair and make me write Ionic. <laughs> now let's take a look at this Ionic component over here. Oh my gosh. Please just promise to record it. That would be like the best 
tutorial ever. It's like someone's held hostage and you're making them learn it. <laughs> yes. And Get I'm your head, write a mobile yeah. app. Yeah, video, I officially volunteered like, duct tape to the chair, video ends, it's just a skeleton. <laughs> Please, not mobile. <laughs> All right, we, we probably have to wrap up, but th- thanks again. We'll wrap this one up and we will catch everyone next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.